0: Hi everyone, welcome back. We are with part two. We're talking to the amazing Christy McVee over in New South Wales and we're hearing about her story. Now, she uh, had forgotten the memories and it's not uncommon for us as survivors uh, from when she was six years old and she apparently had told her grandmother, who then told her father, and she was removed just like that from the home. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, she w- went on to become a child abuse detective and a specialist child sexual abuse interviewer and after that she also worked with child sex offenders uh once they had been released i think and also but wait there's more and as you know survivors don't pull that face at me as survivors isn't there always so much more that we're always doing So take the win, be proud of who you are, let's launch back in. Christy, welcome back.
1: Thank you. Hey, I just have to correct you, I'm in Western Australia. New South Wales is a long way away.
0: Yeah, yeah, sorry. Western Australia. Have
1: you ever been over here, Gloria?
0: Yes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Beautiful. Very hot. Very hot, but beautiful.
1: For for you, it would be.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, all right then. Don't come to Auckland, New Zealand, because it's frigging cold. (laughs) Okay, so Christy McVie, what would you like to look at? We've kind of looked at the impact. We've looked at PTSD. We've made a few links. Really, we're quite fabulous, aren't we? And we've also looked at, uh, you know, you've written your book. You've talked a little about your relationship with your mum touched on relationship with dad yeah just just looking at I guess you as a specialist uh, you know you did your specialist child interviewing I'm interested in survivors just breathe through this please but I'm interested in how you managed your your work with the offenders how was that for you what did it bring up in you if anything
1: Mm, it's interesting for most people, they, are, they really struggle to deal and talk with someone that they know has abused a child. Yes. So I was able to, I guess, compartmentalise compartmentalize that from the fact that my job was to ensure that I didn't ruin the case for a child or, you know, I worked with them in two parts, so I would work with them before they were charged or um, and interview them, and I would work with them after they'd been released from prison, um, you know, and go onto a, a child sex offender register where they were managed for, you know, five, seven, ten years, sometimes lifetime. So it was interesting to, to for me and, and for people who probably worked with me with that I was able to compartmentalise that I could be very civil and very normal to and talk like with them like a normal person anyone on anyone else because I realized that I had such it could create a big problem for any kind of um further cases and and in actual fact early on uh, I was actually able to identify that you get more um bees with honey uh, sorry more flies with honey than with you know vinegar or salt so I was always kind of um very mindful of how I treated people because it could come around and make my job easier to and it did make my job easier so for instance, I had cases where they thought that they were like manipulating me and because that you know we know that um, people who abuse children are mini- master manipulators, we know that they um, they gaslight people, they lie, they do everything in their power to make sure that they don't get caught. And they would lie, manipulate, try and gaslight me. But I always did my job to the point where I had enough evidence if I could, if I could find the evidence and they were sitting in front of me, uh, that I was able to generally disprove all of their lies. And they, you know, I've had sexual assault offenders, child sexual abuse offenders who have lied, 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 lied. And then I've gone here and... And basically they look like idiots and that's how they (laughs) lost their cases. So I, um, yeah, it's hard for some people to deal with that. And my husband has always said to me, I don't know how you can deal with them, I would want to kill them all. And I just said it was always, I always was able to identify that it wasn't my job to, um, it was not my job. My job was to put them before the court and the court's job was to find them guilty or not guilty. Don't get me wrong, there's so many people who get off and there's so many people who does who need to be locked up and the sentencing is nowhere near enough and I'm I'm sure New Zealand's similar to Australia um it's ridiculously appalling i believe that child sex offenders are uh, you know child sex offense offenses and people who abuse children it's worse than murder and that's my opinion because when and sadly for the families of a of a person who's been murdered they, they're the ones who live with the loss of their, their loved one, but the, the children who their lives have been murdered. Yes. And, and you know, and for me, I was always like that was one of the hardest things. I think that was one of the most struggling things for me was is that, you know, I would charge someone, I would they would get found guilty and they'd get three years. Yeah. And you, a child has and a family have to try and survive after that. They have to live with that. It's never enough.
0: Well, and to, until the day they die, and hello beautiful survivors, I see you, um, you know, till the day we die, there is an impact somewhere, and of course it will it will get less over time, but there's always going to be something that will surface in us, and that's whether or not we're triggered or have flashbacks or feel a bit hypervigilant or suddenly notice someone walking towards us who, who reminds us of an abuser. All of those things, Christy. So I agree with you. I, I think this goes on, it casts the shadow, the length of a lifetime.
1: Definitely, and that's a great way to put it. And I, um, you know, so for me, it was difficult, but it was also rewarding because I did my job and I know that I had great integrity and great, um, and I did it with, you know, the best of my ability. I don't, um, and again, you know, dealing with child sex offenders on the other side once they've been, uh, once they had been released from prison, um, I'm not sure about New Zealand or other places in um, the world, but in Australia, and especially in West Australia, they don't, they don't, they're not forced into any kind of mandatory counselling, or they're not forced into anything to help them rehabilitate. And so for me, that was really frustrating in order for them to actually go through the process of, um, you know, being rehabilitated or having some form of of counselling, they would have to volunteer. And what sex offender is going to volunteer for that when they don't want to get bashed in prison, right? So most of them just don't tell anyone what they're there for and they don't tell anyone, you know, or they lie. So it was really frustrating. and quite often the ones that they were hugely frustrating but I was able to like I said keep my composure be have integrity because it was you know I I was there to uphold the legislation and law that was available to us it does need changing though and uh, and I would love to see some changes oh it's
0: it's it's past time but um interesting thank you so much for sharing that and survivors you may not thank me for asking the question but I just wondered how a a wonderful survivor like Christy was able to manage all of that I don't Uh, know
1: how now because um, I'm more furious now and maybe it's because my my own abuse has come up in the last five years yes and and not only that like it's funny whilst I was in the police it was kind of like I had a mute like I had a a, a force field around my body that made me like I was a little robot, a little soldier for the police, right? And and that's what I had to do to to survive in the police. But since leaving, I'm so much more louder about it, mm-hmm. and um, I have I'm allowed to have an opinion that isn't the police's opinion. And also, I when I was leaving the police, I realized prevention, 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 because and identifying you know predatory behaviors and that's what led me to write a book because I was seeing the same things over and over and over again in in that predatory behavior so I was like we need to prevent this if we can educate people we can help them understand what these people do then we can hopefully prevent other children and that's where we need to do more of this work
0: a hundred percent a hundred percent I love that and Christy, are you able to hold hold up your book, please, and tell us a little bit about it and where we can get it? Sure. Yes. Um,
1: so it's called Operation Kid Safer, Detectives Guide to Child Abuse Prevention. Um, there's only a very little bit about my actual story in there, but I weave a bit of more of my life through the book. But it's really just a guide about what parents need to know because when i was in the police and leaving the police i started writing ideas down about 12 months before i left i didn't know i was writing a book but i just kept writing things down found the book the other day and i just kept thinking if (laughs) i know like hello universe thank you um (laughs) but um i just kept thinking if parents knew what i knew if parents knew what I knew, because parents would come along with their children if they weren't the perpetrator and they would be like, oh, I just wish I hadn't known what to watch out for. I just feel so guilty. I just feel so much shame. Like I should have known. I shouldn't have trusted that person, um, you know. And, again, part of my job was to manage not only helping the child but helping the family and hopefully hopefully, giving them options of how to heal. And And we know, I mean, you know, sometimes parents are shit and they don't do a very good job and and they are and and one thing i saw a lot of and and again i hope i'm not you know being too forward with this is that you know some parents when their child comes to them and, and discloses they make it about themselves and i'm sure survivors, and survivors watching this can relate and they make it about themselves. And I, I have been known to pull them aside and say, this is not about you. Yeah. You you go and get help for your trauma and what's going on for you, but do not bring this and make this about you for your child. And yeah. that's what sometimes we need to remember is that when our children are in, tr- in Christ and they, don't, they need us to be loving them and healing, helping them heal.
0: So you've just raised another great point, which is this, that, Often for a child who is abused, remember we talked a little bit about neglect and abandonment um, and sometimes abuse can find a home. Sometimes for the parent that immediately takes it off the child and makes it about them, and this is a teaching point survivors, there's a little window right there because if the focus is always on me.com, I'm not actually fully aware of what's happening to my child, am I? I'm looking in the mirror so I think sometimes uh, Christy unfortunately you know we can call it the wounded narcissist we can call it someone with psychopathic tendencies Hmm. we can we can describe for Africa but the point is the child is the one that needs the resource and the support and You know, it's interesting for our survivors watching so much of of what's happened for some of us has been that whole Davo effect. They denied Mm. that it ever happened. It's done through attacking either their credibility or their state of mind. Uh, Mm. The R is reverse the order of victim and offender. Hello, suddenly the focus is not... On the abuser, it's become on the child, and they're mm. fighting and struggling to regain uh, any equilibrium. They can. I'd
1: like. I'd like to just say quickly. Yeah. As a police officer, I knew none of that. It's yeah. not taught to us, or no. it wasn't taught to me, and I really am disappointed that it isn't. And I look at it now, and I'm like, we. They are like literally like trying to catch flies with chopsticks yeah. and and because they're not doing the work that needs to be done for survivors and I think that's what made me a little bit different and and some there's some amazing child sexual abuse detectives and child abuse detectives out there and people who work in this space and they do a really good job they do the best job they can but without that knowledge and that trauma-informed knowledge how can they do the best every officer needs to be trauma-informed
0: because oh hundred percent and they also know when they they also need to know when they're being played uh, yeah. manipulated <laughs> yeah well this is what grooming is isn't it so yeah. so christy where you know can you, you get my book yeah where can we get the book and and what are you doing now is yes yeah, the-
1: so I wrote the book. It took me about two years, but it's available on Amazon um, at the moment and Kindle and Audible if you want to listen to it. uh, I did actually record it. Um, And what I've done since writing the book is I've just been educating families, parents, adults, communities about predatory behaviours, red flags, uh, early warning signs of abuse. Because for me, uh, if, if we could just pick up on it quicker, you know, we can't always protect our kids and people that we love 100% of the time. But if we have, if we're a safe adult, if we are someone that our kids can come to when they know that something's not right, it's inappropriate, there's someone acting that makes them feel uncomfortable in their body, you know, their early warning signs. If we could just teach our kids, teach ourselves and be that people, we've got a greater chance of, first of all, those people moving on to another victim unfortunately that's the reality and second of all um maybe if that anything happens we can pick up on it quicker and it it, the 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 harm is minimized
0: yes yeah so that's Uh, what
1: i'm doing i'm educating people on that stuff
0: that's great and i'm hoping the police are part of that group
1: not yet we'll
0: have to work on that <laughs> yeah uh it's interesting in our country here beautiful new zealand with the underbelly we have our stats are by the time a girl is 16 one and three will have been sexually abused it's and,
1: very
0: much the same yeah and for a boy between um four and six boys will have been by the time they are. Uh, 16 yeah. and my question to you is what's the noise like over there about the
1: overwhelming statistics Australia right yeah so our our statistics are one in three girls and one in five boys yeah um and we and I'm sure you saw all of the big hoo-ha in the last fortnight but you know uh the great uh there was a great research paper done and they found the people who It was an anonymous survey of 1,945 men and they came up with the the fact that one in six Australian men are attracted to children and teenagers and that's made people really freak out. All the men are like, it's not every man. Um, And then interestingly last week, which has gone quite under the radar, the Australian Bureau of Statistics released some some statistics around child sexual abuse and uh, 1.1 million women were sexually abused by 15 47% of those women were abused between the age of 4 and 9 years old first time and out of that um that's just like that was mind blowing to me and they had some statistics so they worked out that only 80 sorry only 16 or 17% of women ever come forward to police and report to police and only 1% of men <laughs> So we've got some work what, to do. <laughs> there's
0: a lot of work, but doesn't it, you know, what what I call it the silent endemic here, because the silence is deafening. Here we have, as I'm sure you do in Australia, children being stra- strapped into a moving vehicle. If they're not, they are charged. They are convicted if this keeps happening. The chances of that actually occurring a child being killed or hurt in a in a moving vehicle are so minuscule compared to these statistics, and yet it's a billion-dollar marketing campaign. Do you spot the difference? See where I'm going with this? Yeah. Uh, so come on. And then, of course, you and I could go down some little rabbit holes. We don't need to, but my mm. question always comes back to why? Why the mm. silence?
1: who's profiting off us not doing anything. Don't worry, I get I, you know, if if every survivor came forward and spoke up loudly, um, we would be, we I wouldn't be shocked, but the, the amount of abusers out there that we know we think that are great people. And I mean one of the things that comes out of this is not every abuser is going to abuse every child they come across. And they're, you know, that it's just one of those things. And I know it's hard to hear. But, you know, sometimes it's just because, yeah, it's just it's just hard to fathom sometimes. I don't know about you, Gloria, but sometimes I get exhausted from it.
0: Oh, I do. I wish I had a bit of help here uh, to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm just a Uh, You know, there's a lot of DAVOing that goes on as well for us as adult survivors and survivors watching. You know this. Even as adults, you'll have people turn away. Uh, because they struggle with the cognitive dissonance, which is the mental discomfort when child sexual abuse is mentioned, because NIMBY, not in my backyard, it doesn't. So, And also it's unpalatable, isn't it? But Christy, we've only got a few minutes left. I know you're shocked. Could you please um, maybe give survivors some tips or, or ideas on kind of what helped you, what would you recommend to our beautiful survivor family watching as a way to manage their healing?
1: I found so much healing from writing my story down, even if I was never to have released it. I think if you were to write, it was so cathartic, I can't explain it, but it was cathartic because once I'd written it down and I realised like, and looked at it on paper and went oh, my God, how much have I tolerated and put up with and how much have I survived and how amazing am I? Because we often, we often minimise our trauma. We minimise our experience. I still do it to this day. I'm a people pleaser. I want to make everyone else happy. I want to help everyone else. But when something comes around and it's my turn to put my hand up for help, I'm like, no, 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 I don't need it, um, you know, and I think that's a survivor thing. Because we're not used to being helped, or or our our trauma has been, um, you know, minimized and justified by the people around us who did it to us. So writing down, or even writing letters to the people that hurt you, you know, I have no contact with my stepmom anymore. My father and my stepmom broke up. I have no contact with their family, and I am quite comfortable with that. And if they ever hear this uh, podcast, sorry guys, but got to do what you got to do. And I think that when you see what when you when it's written down it makes such a difference to just being able to go i am a survivor i i am amazing
0: oh you are and they you all are you beautiful ones so (laughs) christy one other tip before we need to sign off or anything you haven't shared with us oh wise one that you would like to
1: Oh, yeah, I'd like to tell people to check out, obviously, the book, but also I've got a podcast myself, and it's for parents. So we talk about these topics, but we also talk about how to talk to your kids about, you know, um, protective behaviours, what to watch out for, grooming. Um, So it's a parents-based podcast. Um, So it's called Operation Cape Podcast, Cape Standing for Child Abuse Prevention and Education, uh, you can check out my Instagram uh, and Gloria's going to be on there soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can check out my Instagram and I've got a TikTok where I share stuff over there as well. So TikTok cop 81 is that handle for that one. But um, otherwise, just follow me on any of those
0: awesome hey christy you know it's it's such an honor i feel i feel so excited and i feel very humbled to have had you with us today and and stay there please audience um you know wow you're real um imagine you're reeling because i am um you know there's so many things but but christy did talk about you know how you can get more flies with honey than vinegar and salt, and she knew what she was doing, and I suspect there weren't many abusers or pedophiles that got away under her watch. Uh, she would have made sure that information was there. I also love the fact, not, not what it actually is, but I love the fact that she, she compared the child sexual abuse to murder and actually how it's it's worse than murder, because at least when a murder is done, it can be, there's a, a beginning and an end, and it's finite, I'm a little bit paraphrasing, Christy will forgive me, but whereas we know with child sexual abuse that the impact goes on. So, incredible to have had her with us, and I hope, uh, I hope for all of you that you're looking after your wonderful selves, uh, you're safe here. So again, as we end, I see you, I stand beside you, and I believe you.